Welcome to Two Guys No Wedding. I'm Chris. Oh, is this the part where I say I'm Josh? Hey guys, I'm Josh. Yeah, I think I'm just <laughs> going to go right into it. I think, I don't know, do I need to say that intro every single time? Is it necessary? This is a podcast where we watch wedding movies so that we can dissect them and then draw whatever lessons that we can to be better wedding guests. That's I couldn't it. have said it better myself. I actually could have, but yeah, You could have, easily. Good. I could say it better than that, too. This is only episode, you know, 20 to 7 or something like that, so. Don't tell them which order we're doing these in. <laughs> First of all, I'm spooked. I, it's the spooky season, Joshua. Oh, man. I was so, so scary. I just had a pumpkin spice latte for the first time. That was so scary. And I how was, like, was it? Oh my god! Ooh, ooh, pumpkin. Anyway, uh, it was delicious. It was great. I understand it, it now. Tis the season. It, it's yeah. the uh, the spooky season where you drink spooky drinks. Well, this year, what are you going to be? Are you going to dress up? Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to yeah, be a person scared for his life about contra- <laughs> contracting a global disease. For Halloween, we decided to do a little bit of a horror movie wedding. A little bit. A little bit. We actually had a perfect one, if I have to be honest. Like, there was a ton of wedding stuff happening in this movie. So we watched uh, Wreck 3, Genesis. Yes. It's the third movie in, like, a, this, I think, four-part series of films, uh, which is like a found footage zombie apocalypse kind of movie. Yes. Spanish as well, I believe. Spanish, yeah. Spanish of or- in origin. And I think there, there's an American remake named Quarantine, and it has a sequel that's unrelated. It's not like a remake of Wreck 2 or anything like that. It's good, though. I mean, like, I didn't... I'm sorry, the, the, the original one was good. Wreck 1 is actually good. Wreck 3, not so sure. So in the, in the first one, they're all found footage movies of, like, oh, we're... Uh, a zombie apocalypse thing is happening, and, like, we're being tra- trapped in this area or something like that some outbreak has occurred and we're stuck in this area. And the first one, they were literally just stuck in an apartment building and they're not allowed to leave and they have to like deal with what's going on inside the building. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're stuck in a wedding. They're, they're stuck, stuck at, at a wedding. wedding. They're not really stuck at a wedding though. Until and not until the end where you see that they've been like kind of quarantined there up until that point. You're like, they could just get away if they wanted to. Like no one's there to <laughs> why don't stop they just them. Just drive out. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, all right. So, Basically, the movie opens up. It's handheld footage from some, like, cousin or something. And it's before the ceremony. They're at the church. Uh, Here's the thing about this movie that I will say. This movie would have been a lot better or more surprising if I had no idea what I was watching. If someone was like, oh, it's like a found footage wedding movie. I'd be like, okay, you know, whatever. And I'd be watching it. And then when the zombie stuff happened, it'd have been like, oh, my God. (laughs) Mind-blowing. But I think it's, like, pretty cut and dry at the beginning where it's, like... Setting up for the wedding, everyone's at the church. There, everyone's being like, you know, the the grooms there greeting. So the much setup. Getting ready. So like, oh my, my grandpa's got a hearing aid. Yeah, this person's trying to get with the French lady. Um, there's a mysterious gr- like grandma or old lady down an alley that for some reason the camera zooms in on for a second and then like zooms out of. Completely unrelated to anything. Like she never comes up again. She it never doesn't comes matter. Up again. Uh, they establish the camera guys who were there. They're like, hey, I got a camera too. Cool. I got a stabilized camera. So the movie sets this thing up where it's like young kid is shooting on a handheld, like traditional found footage style. And then they shows like the actual guy who's going to be filming the wedding, which is a thing, you know, somebody who's filming the actual wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a professional setup. It's steady cam, high definition footage. This is what they use in like American like movies. Like this is the level of gear I have. <laughs> At some point, they're going to transition over to much better quality, but still keep calling it found footage. 
Mm-hmm. Surprise! They don't do that at all. I, I was impressed. Like, yeah, like a quarter in the movie, they just stop. They like somebody literally destroys the camera and then just switches to a regular movie. They even I set was, it up where the guy's yeah. like, "I'm not gonna stop filming. People have a right to know what's going on here." And then he just destroys the camera. It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna now we're gonna ignore the whole found footage element of this movie and move on. Uh, I liked it. Um, immediately, yeah, there, there's like a cousin with a handheld thing, and he talks to the the AV guy who's hired. His name is Atun. And they immediately start like a kinship together. I like um, that. <laughs> they're like brothers in arms of like of filming this wedding, and they just give each other thumbs up periodically. Like, yeah, what are you what what are you getting? Like, I just got this footage. I got great. You go over there. It's, it, it's hilarious. I loved it. I feel like yeah, in in an American version of this movie, or in like I just say more like whatever, they would have had the, like professional guy be annoyed, like oh god, this kid's gonna cram my style, I get in the way. But instead, he's like, no, it's gonna be like super avant garde, like you're gonna get all the shots that nobody expects. It's gonna be like dirty. And really, what's that shot? He like zooms into some woman's chest for a second. Mo- multiple pe- women's chests. Oh, yes. multiple people's chest. Yeah, like where it's like, oh dude, you fucking. There's horses are perfect. The thing kid. that he's very proud of is that one of his friends, I believe his name is Rafa. Uh, is chatting up a, a French guest at the wedding and he presumably walks off with her to go hook up somewhere. And then he goes, tells the other video camera guy, like I got them hooking up. And then he's like, yeah, he's job. like, yeah, we're doing it. This wedding movie's going to be art. Yeah. He's yelling at Rafa through the camera. Like, you go Rafa, you go, you go hook up with that French lady. Yeah. yeah everyone's like super proud. He's like, it just takes some time, my friend. And he's like drunk. <laughs> like, yeah. Right around. Uh, yeah, good time. Good, great wedding, by the way. It looks like everybody had a great time. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> a lot to unpack in terms of weddings at the very top. Because, okay, uh-huh. so it's classic church wedding. It all seems pretty standard. Yes, there's some rice. Instead of Paco Bell's Cannons, it's like that, like the actual uh, really traditional walking down the aisle song. Um, before we get to the rice, though, because I do have something to say about the rice. After they exchange their vows and they exchange the rings and they like kiss or whatever, somebody stands up and starts playing a guitar. And oh god oh my god yeah yeah he starts playing a guitar i was like oh no mid-wedding mid-ceremony yeah yeah this is just after they've kissed and the groom starts singing and he sings like this like love ballad to which is already a song he didn't he didn't like make it up because everybody in the church knew it starts singing this love ballad to his bride and here's the thing he wasn't that bad of a singer it seems charming everybody in the church loved it they start clapping and joining in so it paid off it paid off for him in that moment good for him but that is such a risky thing to do. If I'm the groom or the bride, you have to keep those antics to a minimum unless you know you're going to nail them. I was saying surprise musical numbers during a wedding in any form at any time. I, I They can't not be cringy for me. I'm just yeah. like, oh, stop, please, please stop. At the Maybe- reception? At the reception, I could see it happening and then be uh, like, a little bit better, yeah. Okay, fine. Right, there was, everyone's having a few drinks. This is this is the time to have it in the literal church after you've had your kiss. Once if it backfired, once if you were bad at singing or nobody was into it, or the bride was kind of like, oh, you're doing this now. Is he gonna do the whole song? Is he just gonna re- uh, do a couple verses? Like, what's the yeah? Deal? You've just tainted an otherwise great ceremony and yeah. all of your own. Here's the thing: high risk. I don't even think that high reward. Okay, that's that's high risk, that's what medium I think. reward medium of reward at best yeah it's like yeah ugh, it's not worth it guys keep the actual ceremony antics to a minimum because you just don't know how that's gonna backfire that's gonna my that's my opinion talk to our friends about this well our friends are, are i think would be able to nail something like that that's the difference is that you have to be careful because if you can't nail it or you or you know you don't have a high likelihood then it could really backfire but i think they could probably nail something like that uh, whether they will or not i have no idea Ugh. good luck Yeah, good luck.
as they continue with the wedding, just like Chekhov's everything. Chekhov's grandma, Chekhov's grandpa's hearing aid, Chekhov's sword as they cut into a cake. Not Chekhov's sword. Yeah. They wish they wish it was Chekhov's sword. That thing I we'll get into the sword. (laughs) That that was such a bummer where I was like, they he didn't do anything with that thing. Yeah. Before that, we do see that one person has been bit. So timeline wise in the wreck movie, whatever, canon. This movie is taking place at the beginning of the outbreak. So nobody knows there's a zombie outbreak, potentially. And one guy has been bit by an animal. Um, he's like a veterinarian or something. Yeah, he bought by a dog, specifically. Like, oh, some dog bit me at the uh, vet's office or something like that. They zoom in on it and everything. And I'm like, well, we know this is a zombie movie. That guy's patient zero. Like, they're, they're coming after him. I just can't wait for the shots of him where someone says, hey, are you okay? And he's, like, sweating a whole bunch. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, like, disassociating and, like, he's, like, starting to heavy breathe and sweat profusely as he, like, Pull looks at people's Pull his collar down necks. a little bit. Yeah. He just gets really hungry. So, what, yeah, right off the bat, when we're at the wedding, we just need to look for, for, the, for the person who's been bitten. It's like, hey, uh, Todd, are you okay? You all right, Todd? So, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Who's going to sink this wedding by making it a zombie apocalypse? It's not, it's not like 100% at the front of my mind, but it's not at the back either. So you know, if like we see somebody, it. yeah, who's like just completely disassociating and really uncomfortable, looks like they're about to throw up or shit themselves the whole time, we need to find the nearest walk-in fridge and just lock them in there for... Yeah, preferably overnight. Yeah, exactly. Just in case. We'll check on them. I, so <laughs> before we get to the reception... Throwing the rice is like a wedding tradition that I have never liked. I think that's such a strange, again, best case scenario, you're just throwing rice at people. Is it like, I don't even know the cultural like uh, origin of it. I imagine it might be some type of crazy cool old tradition of a different religion or something like that. Um, I don't know. There's a way to do that symbolically that isn't just throwing literal rice at people. It's like getting in people's hair and stuff. So many traditions in general have to do with like, you're going to get dolled up and then we're going to ruin that. You know, it would be fun if, if if there was a tradition where people throw confetti eggs. What's it called? Uh, Cascaronis. <laughs> just like everybody <laughs> egging the bride and the groom with confetti going out everywhere. That would be fun. That would be a good Santa Barbara thing. Don't steal that. Don't steal my idea. I'll Except I, I, I've never been able to get behind the confetti egg thing because it always turns to violence very <laughs> quick. Well, it's because you need to you need to smash it on their head. You can okay. crush it in your hand before not nah, destroying nah, in their Don't hair. crush it in your hand. You need to hit them right in the fucking face. The no, egg. I'm letting you know there is a way around the violence, but nobody chooses to take that route. They go for the smashed on the head. And people, they go hard and fast, and they, they're way more forced than needed. Here's the thing is that the people who say that they're like, oh, I'll just crack the egg first. If that happens to them, they're then on board is the thing. They are full of retribution in their heart. Like now I'm going to fucking throw this egg and just smash it right on you. Like it's just it's violence begets uh, egg violence is what I'm trying to say. During Fiesta, it's yeah, exactly. It's the cycle it's all of violence war. of the eggs. Yeah. It's all war people that think point. that Fiestas in Santa Barbara is fun. It's not. The worst comes out in us. Yeah. And then we also we eat, we drink, and we make love. <laughs> but then we go back to egg smash. Uh, also, just before the ceremony, just as a point of uh, reference here, Rafa, who I guess is the best man. Sure. I don't even think he is, but let's say he is. Yeah, let's just say he's he, he fills that role. 
Mm-hmm. He welcomes the boys to the church. They're hey, the boys. Up. They literally Watch say, out. it's the boys. Yeah. And they're like drinking and smoke, like chain smoking and drinking as they walk up to the church. <laughs> they're already like halfway <laughs> drunk, like crushing cans and stuff. I'm like, all right, all right. These guys are in. Can we please hire some friends that we don't know of Dylan's to show up and they can be the designated boys? The boys. Yeah. It's like, oh man, Dylan's boys are here. Oh man, it's the boys. <laughs> it's like, do we know them? No, not at all. I've never met them in my life. And they're just very fratty dudes they're dressed as fratty dudes too yeah ideally somebody's got like sunglasses on the whole time indoors so they take photos outside the church you know friends and family it's super lovely day yeah etc etc a lot of the acting here is not bad honestly for this movie that's pretty much a b movie Mm -hmm. it uh the acting of like the minor side characters and stuff i thought were pretty good yeah and then they go to the ceremony the ceremony is like happening you know, it's big outdoor reception or sorry, the reception. It's a big outdoor reception and there's tons of food and drinks going around. Um, there's a, a hunk of cheese dressed up in a suit with balloons. Yeah, I thought that was a cheese man, too. As we find out later, it is not a cheese man. But continue. no, yeah. it's not a cheese man. But it literally as they show up <laughs> just in the background, there's these kids chasing this giant hunk of cheese in a suit with balloons. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Again, like as soon as I see him, I'm making notes like, OK, that giant chunk of, he- uh, chunk of cheese man is going to be important. Cheese wheel, cheese wheel man is, is going to do something. Oh, yeah, of course, it's going to it's going to have to come up. There's no way that doesn't come up. <laughs> We again, we see a lot of like the filming going on, the handheld footage and things. Most of the ceremony is kind of like whatever. Oh, there's like a little choreographed dancing with the bride and the groom, and everyone's singing along to the songs. And uh, she wants to pull him aside and tell him something the entire time the bride to the groom. And he's just like, Oh, we can't, you know, like that always happens. I that's a movie trope that's always funny to me where it's like, Just spit it out, man. If it's really important, spit it out. Frankly, it wasn't that important that it needed to be said right then and there. I need to qualify what I'm going to say to you at least for 40 seconds before I say it. This movie has a lot of that going on where like this, they just ignore time. Then when they cut the cake, they cut it with a sword. Yes. Right, which actually turns out to... I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this. That's a wedding tradition. I saw it in Game of Thrones, so I assume it's some type of old world connection thing. Yeah, so supposedly like a ceremonial knife is usually what I think of, but oftentimes it could also be seen as a sword. Military weddings, like if you're like a, an officer, you will use a sword. You will even like present it to, I guess, your bride. What? Yeah, and then oftentimes they just use swords as like a ceremonial knife or whatever. Huh. It's like Chekhov's sword, <laughs> sort of, because the whole time you're like, okay, that's a go-to zombie fighting weapon. Yes. And then he just never uses it as that. He carries it at one point, I think. Right, he uses it once, maybe? He uses it one time after they tease it endlessly. Like, we'll, we'll get to those parts of the movie where they tease it a bunch where it's like, pick up the sword. Pick it up now. <laughs> if we are deep within a zombie apocalypse movie. Pick that weapon up. Pick that weapon up right now. What are you doing? You're asking to be killed. Why are you doing this? It's crazy. And the movie just keeps on going or whatever. Eventually, the uncle starts throwing up blood. And they see people in like hazmat suits outside and they just think, oh, they're, you know, spraying pesticides or whatever. But frankly, the hazmat suits in the government, what the hell are they doing? They're like checking the plants for their, they have like sensors. I guess they know that shit is already going down. Again, I don't know anything about the lore of wreck. Maybe they're, maybe the government's in on it. Who knows? But, uh, okay. Here's the thing about the first wreck movie that you need to know. 
when they think that there is this outbreak inside this apartment building, they lock it down tight. And I can't remember if I'm mixing up quarantine and rec, but I think these are pretty much one-to-one. They lock that building down tight to the point where they have snipers positioned all around the apartment building that if someone even tries to get out, if they're infected or not, they're being killed. They're not taking any chances. They're like, whatever this thing is, it's, it's super infectious. We can't let people out. And they say on the news that the building is actually abandoned. Therefore, they can sort of like kill everybody in that building, no questions asked. The government in Rec 3 are so lackadaisical. They're like, oh, there might be an outbreak at this big wedding with hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah, we'll send a couple guys in hazmat suits to test the uh, the lawn and see what that lawn's up to. And why are the cops there? The cop doesn't even know. It's one cop. It's two cops. And they're, like, they're not even in on it, but they get there too. It's like, I, I don't even know. But they send such a small response team to something that should be like a huge panic. So eventually the uncle who had his hand bitten, he falls off the balcony, which is going to be like this big wedding day tragedy, which by the way, <laughs> just as another side note, if there's an open bar or whatever, still sort of, you know, regulate your drinking because nobody wants to be that drunk asshole who like hurts themselves who or falls breaks off the something balcony and becomes a zombie. Yeah, exactly. Falls off the balcony, becomes a zombie, eats, you know, aunt Margaret or whatever. Although evidently it wasn't just him. Other like zombies all of a sudden just appear out of nowhere. So it was like a couple people. Yeah, so a few people are infected, I guess. I know so, they, the movie, yeah. the rules of this movie are all over the place. I have no idea how to track. Because I was like, how am I going to survive this thing? But they change the rules often. Yeah, is it translating by sneezing? Who knows? Um, but anyway, everybody's in the reception hall dancing. The uncle falls, and everybody's like, hey, what's going on? And then he starts biting people. Some, a few other people start biting people. It's an all-out craziness. Everybody's running everywhere. There's flashing lights going off everywhere. The guy with the handheld camera is just like, oh, and it's just the whole th- shaky cam to the nth degree. And then finally uh, we get, uh, let's see, what, what's what's the husband's name? We'll just call him the husband. Caldo? Well, yeah, yeah, Caldo. And he gets a few people together, a few ragtag group of survivors. They go hide in the kitchen, and then he breaks the camera, dude's camera. And it's like, you're paying for that. And then we switch to cinema style. I think during the initial outbreak, all that chaos is fine. The movie's actually fine up to this point. After the camera is broken... That's we 21 minutes into this movie. It's only like an hour and 20 the whole movie. 21 minutes into this movie, we get the title comes Late on title card. I love Late it. Late title card. Wreck 3 Genesis. Then it switches to a cinematic camera for the majority of the rest of the movie. Sometimes they'll go handheld sort of randomly or they'll do like security footage. Like they couldn't really make up their mind if they wanted to go one way or the other. Um but mostly it's cinematic. I think that at this point, most of the characters are actually acting smart. For the most part in a zombie movie and i was like kind of on board where i'm like okay mm-hmm. they're not a bunch of idiots like they're in the kitchen they've isolated themselves they've locked the like entryways and they're like talking about what they're gonna do what's their plan and one of the characters are like oh we can go through the vents and then we can get outside and one of the characters is too big to fit in the vent and the younger guy's like we can't leave him behind and the bigger dude's like don't be crazy go like, that's insane. Yeah, he's so he's so cool, attuned, and that's the camera guy who loves the other camera guy, and he's just immediately like, yeah, just go, just go. Do it. That's cr- that's crazy to think that you couldn't leave me behind. You guys aren't gonna die for me. Okay, good, smart. Like they're not. No one's guilty. He gives anybody. him like a thumbs up, like it's goddamn Terminator Two or something like that. I it, I loved it. I loved. Yeah, it. and everyone's so it's it's the groom, the cameraman, his uh, cousin or something or uh-huh. nephew, and then his niece. Yes. Is what it looks like. Who's with them? The other guy that's with them at this point is not a wedding guest. He's somebody who sneaks into the wedding. And I tried to look this up and I'm like, I don't think this is real. <laughs> 
he's a guy who goes to weddings. He's an inspector who marks down all the music they play at the reception to then charge royalties to the yes. wedding. And and they not laugh, but they're just like, oh, God, why is this person here? And from then on, they call him royalties, which I, which I love. They call him royalties. And by the way, the not like getting defensive or guilting the guy, also smart. Like It's like, look, that's a that's like peanuts right now in comparison to the fact that a zombie <laughs> apocalypse has occurred like whatever like we're gonna survive this thing i don't care that you're like this weird i don't care guy. your name is royalties yeah royalties we're gonna survive this thing you're you're one of us kind of situation which is good mm-hmm. it's like yes stick together have a plan which they kind of do then they start acting like complete morons it doesn't yes. take very long for them to all become complete morons and they they go through the air vents they get outside they see a police car which they rush to to see if they can get help the police officer is dead a, another wedding guest is like zombified and killed him and they like start to attack the groom they fight this uh zombie and it's another moment of like testing the characters where he wraps a cord around the zombie and pulls her like neck back so she won't bite the groom and she he yells at the uh royalties guy he's like royalties you know do something help me help me for fuck's sake <laughs> and this is a moment where i'm like oh he's gonna cower it out like this is a typical zombie movie he cowers out he doesn't know what to do somebody gets killed no, man, he grabs a tire iron and, like, beats the hell out of the zombie, like, to a comedic level. Yeah. And I was like, good for royalties. That's going to be his weapon for the rest of the movie. This is going to be great. Up to this point, I really like our our Team A zombie survival team. I like the little knees. I, I, I hope Atun comes back, the, the camera guy who gets left yeah. behind, the nephew or cousin, and royalties. I'm like, great, let's do it. Three seconds later, Royalties dies. <laughs> Royalties dies. Police officer in the car zombifies, kills him. Yeah. He sets the alarm off on the car. And this is, the, again, this is where the movie starts to really fall apart to me, where I'm like, this is now bad. Where the music is super cheesy all of a sudden. We have this, like, cheesy music that before there wasn't really music. It was like, yeah, yeah, it was all exactly. atmospheric and mm-hmm. everything. And the handheld gave it an extra creepy vibe. Now it's like this cheesy music starts kicking in characters make dumb choices and and the zombies also start being really inconsistent because before they were like these when we first see the outbreak they're like these hyper predator strong world war z style zombies Mm -hmm. where they like run and like jump through a projector screen and they just start tearing people apart like there's some like velociraptor kind of creatures then when they're outside, they're like lackadaisical and they're like stumbling around the forest like they can't get a grip on the ground. This movie brought up a question that I think is kind of an like I don't think we bring it up in, in zombie movies too often, which is are zombies trying to kill you enough to eat and dismember you and disable you or just enough to turn you you know what i'm talking about because like i've seen zombies in zombie movies be like okay we're gonna eat this entire human being but then sometimes they just bite you once and then let you turn into a zombie then you got to deal with this more like what's the deal what's the zombie mo are you trying to eat somebody you're just trying to turn them what's i mean this is a problem with zombie movies this is why zombie movies have never been that interesting to me because the zombies, are they animalistic? Are they predators? Are they trying to eat to feed something? Like they, those questions never get answered because they have like they don't seem to have an agenda, but also a very specific agenda. And then that the, another wrench gets thrown in here because 
then okay royalties is dead we, we move on and then they try to get into a church of which the grandma's in there and they let him in and they're like okay they can't come in here and i'm like wait what it's like yeah because holy water hurts them and and they can't just come into a church they're heretics yeah which is weird because like i guess that makes sense traditionally in that they're the walking dead and that's something in the bible so that makes sense but like it's not often anymore that in fiction we see zombies as like demon spawn but evidently these are strangely enough these are literally this is again part of the what takes a turn that i don't like is that these end up being literal demons on earth this is the actual apocalypse like religious style apocalypse Ah, yes and holy water does hurt them and they can't go into certain churches it becomes really dumb where i'm like but it's still genetic too like it's still like a it's still a virus viral kind of thing at the same time. So it's, well, I don't know. Is it, we think it is. They trick us into thinking it is. Okay. No, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but I, I think that's something else, but, uh, the dog bites, the dude dog bites, uh, bites the uncle. And that's how he gets it. Presumably. I and guess I, again, I would agree with you, especially according to like the traditional movie, like the first one, which is, it does seem to be like a virus. It was like a, a cult was creating a virus to spread, to wipe out humanity. That was the vibe. Oh, not that the like the literal Satan was rising out of the ground to wipe out humanity using this cult. Like that's just like crazy in town all of a sudden. They literally the zombies have like demon reflections. If if you see them in the mirror, you see like a like a demon or something like that. And it's like, well, I mean, uh, anyway, that I mean, they set that up so that way there's a Deus Ex Machina for for at least like holding them off or something like that. So they find this like little side church area, and like we got to get these people out of here. Uh, he's like, I'm not leaving my wife behind. And I get it. You know, this is one of those things where, like, you love your life. It's zombie apocalypse. But have you ever heard of that whole thing about put your mask on before you help your loved ones? <laughs> like, this is what drives Like, these movies, they always set the weird expectation that, like, I would never apply in real life, mm-hmm. which is I don't know how to handle myself in a zombie apocalypse. Nobody does, literally. It's ne- it's like it doesn't happen. You're not going to be of any help to your wife if even if you somehow she's alive and even if somehow you get to her. Right. And if she makes it to safety and you put yourself in danger to go rescue her, what is she going to now get out of safety and go put herself in danger to rescue you once if you get back into safety? It seems crazy to like to have no actual solid plan here. The only way in that in which this works in the movie is if they then become kind of like superheroes a little bit and like are like just really good at zombie fighting, which we do get a little bit of. But then that goes away instantly for some reason, um, yeah. which I thought worked enough. And also the fact that like they don't do tons of backstory about them besides the fact that like you see them really love each other and you see them like like at the wedding reception and oh, they're they're super, super, super in love. Uh, we don't need to go into actually who they are because that would actually make it less realistic in terms of like, okay, these people love each other. They're superheroes. They're going to fight zombies together and it's going to be awesome. I'll, like, we'll see if that happens. Guess what? It doesn't happen. But if it did, I would have I would have been okay with that. I guess I'd be more happy with that. I, I, again, the actually, the movie opens up with a um, photo montage of pictures from their past and stuff like yes, that. The movie starts up as a wedding DVD menu, which I, exactly. I did enjoy. Yes. And on a side note here, I don't know how interested I am with a slideshow, typically. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, graduations have those. Anniversaries, maybe that makes the most sense because you're, like, revisiting memories and things. I Like, I think that if you know the people, it's obviously more rewarding because you're like, oh, look at all these memories. Like, how young you used to look and stuff. But if you're only, like, tangentially related to the bride and the groom, it just seems boring. Yeah. 
where you're like, okay, this is you guys. Who is that? I think ago. that's my roommate's cousin or his girlfriend at the time. I don't know. If you, if giving a slideshow like that, because you're not even showing like that much interesting stuff typically. Like if a, if a slideshow covered the ups and downs of a relationship, like it was a real in-depth look about this couple <laughs> before they became bride and groom, I would be way happier with that. Because it's like telling a story. Have you seen those cringy fucking like professionally shot, professionally edited like trailers for weddings that people hire people to do where it does look like it's a goddamn movie of people getting ready for the wedding and the wedding party like already dressed up and everything. But it's like shot like it's a movie. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. Like people to pay tons of money to do this. I've seen it on Instagram and ugh, ugh, uh, they oh God. I I haven't seen this. I'll look at look it's, this it's, up. It's but. amazing. It's an industry. Oh yeah, I imagine yeah. they do that for a lot of different things. Like bar mitzvahs have those. Like you can like hire these like uh, film productions to make like trailers or it, like visual invitations. <sighs> it's such a it's such a time and place kind of thing where like, like the at one the time, I saw like people actually had lines. Like oh, like, like yeah. fictionalized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was oh god. I mean, fictionalized in that like. They're saying how much they love each other or something like that, but they're still written lines, and that that adds a whole another level of of horribleness. Anywho, so um, they're in this little church over the intercom that I guess the whole property is connected to. The bride announces, like, if you're out there, Coldo, like, I'm safe. I love you. I know you're alive because I can feel it. And by the way, just like on a side note, I'm pregnant. That's nice. like what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> And I, my first thought was like, oh, I guess that gives him like motivation to live or whatever. Well, that's also like kind of a shitty thing to say before you know you're going to be safe, right? Yeah, I suppose so. I don't if know. she dies like in a gruesome way, you double the trauma. You just I, doubled up that guy's trauma. That's true. I don't know. It's a very emotionally high strung situation. She really wanted to tell him the whole day. This would be the last moment to tell him. Maybe she'll get out. Maybe he'll die. But I'd probably die. wait till we. I knew we were both safe before saying that. Probably. Because, again, like, once if he's watched her die in front of him, she gets, like, torn apart. He's like, God, God, my wife and my child. <laughs> like, just You're just doubling that up. Or maybe the trauma reaches some sort of cap where it's like, well, yeah. I just watched my wife get decapitated, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever. It can't get worse point, than that. Yeah. Make, yeah. It, make it worse than that. She was pregnant. Oh, and she really did, was going to love me forever. So here's the my fucking fortune be told of, of what life we would have had. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, she was, it turned out she was actually your real soulmate. We we were able to discover that soulmates are real, and she was, and it was her actually. It was yeah. very rare. Um, In fact, we pulled every single woman on the planet, and nobody else likes you at all. <laughs> oh, tough luck. Anywho, he hears that she's pregnant, and then he's gonna go. He's gonna go to the PA uh, central nervous system to go find her. Um, he takes like a squire with him. Basically, he dresses himself up in an armor that he finds in the church. And okay, so another moment of no payout, by the way, because he like looks, he's like, this is St. George's armor, what he's looking at. Which is no way the actual St. George's armor, but yes, continue. Sure, whatever. But like he's saying this is St. George's armor, he armors up. So I was like, okay, well, if these things are actually like a religious element to it, um, maybe having work. holy armor would help yeah. you out. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant that he has the armor on. <laughs> His buddy, too, he, has a, he brings a cater waiter with him. And he also armors up and they do him dirty in this movie. <laughs> He's like kind of an ideas guy. He, he like, dude, he braves up and comes with his groom to help the bride and they just kill him off screen. They like grab him, rip him off screen and just, he's dead. And it's like played as a joke. It's so sad. I was like, that's not fair. That's not cool. 
This movie doesn't know what kind of tone it wants. It, like half the deaths are jokes. The cheesy music doesn't help. So the bride with her priest follower, she has like a priest helping it, it, her out. I, yeah, it's the, it's the priest of the wedding, and he's there too. I, do priests come to the reception? Maybe he's a family friend. You know, maybe they maybe they know each other. Like I think that. you invite them. I think yeah. it's courteous, right? <laughs> oh, do you? Is that, is that kind of a weird thing where like at the wedding it's over and then the priest is like, well, uh, where's the bus? And it's like, oh, you're coming too? Um, and then he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Just usually people invite me to the wedding. It's like, yeah, but we didn't, we didn't RSVP. We don't have like an extra plate for you. We don't have an extra seat. Everything's seating. It's like, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, I know. I guess we can reshuffle the seats if you really want it. No, no, no. no. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I don't have to come. No, 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 no. It's fine. I mean, we have salmon. Do you like salmon? Ooh, I'm not a big fish guy. <laughs> You know what? No, no, no. Let's, not, let's just not do it. Let's just not do it. Yeah, no, never never mind. Sorry, I did. I made, I made this weird. I made it weird. <laughs> I don't know. They, I think they, they seem to know each other, and she like seems to want to keep them alive. Yeah. So there we go. Some some families know their priests, so sure. Yeah, maybe maybe they know each other. Anywho, so they are getting flushed out by zombies, so they need to leave the PA area, and then they stumble upon Rafa and the French lady that were hooking up in the other part of the mansion church. I don't exactly know what, where we're at. Um, sometimes it's an estate. They're like on a big estate that has like it, multiple an estate that's being able to be rent out for events, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so the, they hook up together. They're all in the zombie team B over here. And I guess they're trying to find a way out. Yeah. They, they're finding a way out, uh, while the groom is trying to find the bride, which again, if they had just stuck to like an escape plan, they probably would have all escaped together, but whatever. They find the cheese man. The cheese man is also there with a gun. Okay, they find the cheese man, and it's established earlier at the reception that he's not a giant hunk of cheese. Let, let, let's 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 kind of clarify what we're talking about. When we say he's a giant cheese man, he is a man that's in a costume that's a giant circle, like a giant like like you know theme park costume. But it, but you can see his face, and it's he looks like a wheel of cheese, and you can see his arms and his legs stick out of the wheel of cheese, but. It's a man in a giant like foam costume, and he has like a suit, like like put on the front of the costume, so it looks like the cheese is wearing a suit. Yes, yes, it is. And it turns out that he's a his name is Sponge John, and he's a (laughs) legally distinguished version of SpongeBob with no copyright infringement intended, is what he says. He's a children's entertainer that they hire to keep the kids uh, happy. During the ceremony, but honestly, so he he doesn't turn out to be, but he like acts and looks kind of like a creep. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like yeah, he chain does. smoking, and he like he clearly isn't wearing any clothes under the costume. He even says that later on, like I didn't take the costume off because I'm naked under here. Fucking why? Yeah, <laughs> why? yeah. Why are you naked? Also, take it off anyway. Do you know how much slower you are, easy to grab you are in this giant hunk of cheese and this giant Sponge John costume? Oh yeah, zombie rule number one here: like make sure you're mobile. Do you want to survive a zombie apocalypse? Mobility is key. Bride, rip that dress for Christ's sake. You don't want this big, long wedding dress weighing you down. Take off those heels as well. Yeah, saw, saw off the heels. Saw off the heels, rip the bottom of the dress so that you're way more mobile. And she almost does two of those things and then doesn't. But I do really like just the image of Sponge John running alongside with them with a gun. <laughs> this guy yeah. in a giant costume of a wheel of cheese costume with a gun. It just looks hilarious. He gets a couple kills. I, you know, that's the thing is the movie, uh, again, can't decide if it's going to be the serious horror gore movie or comedy because Sponge John is c- comedic relief. Yes, <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Yes. 
And they also do him kind of dirty where, for no apparent reason, he just lets himself get eaten by a bunch of zombies. Yeah. They just grab him. All of a sudden, they're they're 10 feet away from them, and then all of a sudden, they're two inches in front of Sponge John for some reason. Yeah. And so he's dead. He's gone. Sponge, Sponge John, completely gone. Uh, <laughs> sad. And Rafa, the best man ish guy and the bride they're the only ones left they're in this tunnel they got separated from the priest uh for a brief moment we see that the priest sees that when he starts uh, reciting bible verse it stuns the zombies and that's the last time we see him um yeah he he's he's able to like stop them from attacking by saying certain prayers they're immobilized and they just shake if he's if he's reading bible verse and that doesn't come up again for the next 45 minutes <laughs> yeah exactly and uh the woman that rafa was hooking up with like the friend from out of town or whatever her relation is exactly she just gets eaten unceremoniously there's even a moment where it's like i was think i thought about not coming and she's like well i sent you the invitation hoping you kind of wouldn't and then she gets killed yeah because they they said i was like oh we barely know each other and then yeah so early lesson if you're thinking about coming to the wedding that we're going to but you don't know anybody and you're not any sure wedding you go any wedding any wedding, yeah, just don't go. Don't, don't go. go. You think it might be worth it for the dinner, I guess, or like maybe you'll meet someone. Just it's not. It's but not if a zombie it. apocalypse breaks out, you're screwed. You're done. I mean, you're gonna be screwed anywhere, but you're gonna be uh, screwed and feel dumb for coming to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, again, here. Long story short, Rafa gets bitten. He gets killed. The the bride uh, just before that rips a chainsaw out of a piece of wood that's just under underground. Yes. Wait. So I I do want to note though. Uh, before they do that, her and Rafa are like I guess almost in the clear. They're like it, they're underground in some tunnels, and Rafa's like let's go this way, and then she's like no, I'm gonna stay for my husband. She hears some music. She believes that her husband is there, and she's like you go, do whatever you want to do. I'm gonna go get my husband. She gets a chainsaw that's like just sitting that down there, and then she like rips off part of her dress so that way she's more mobile and she like is ready to go do some zombie killing and then rafa comes with her about 20 seconds later rafa dies <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like it's it's his moment of character to come with her but then he dies 20 seconds later like he might as well just not have come he gets bitten and then she chops his head off as he's transforming S- completely emotionless from her completely unceremonial like unceremonious like she just slices off his head made me dislike her as a character because she guilted the shit out of him about like we can't leave this guy behind like you do what you gotta do like i know he's alive like or whatever and then this guy like okay fine like i'll help you like you're right and then she doesn't even have a moment with him where she's like thank you like she just kills him well like, what can you. she say it was literally 20 seconds ago and now it's his her fault that he's dying <laughs> Well, but I mean, she could say something like, thank you at the very minimum for like, she, but he, he didn't even do anything. He didn't even get any good hits in. He he did, like, he immediately just got pinned by a zombie and died. And this comes she, down to yeah. something else that we can talk about just after this, which is how do you prepare for a zombie outbreak like this? None of them prepared right. None of them had weapons. He like, she grabbed a chainsaw. He didn't even grab a hunk of wood. He was just like, I guess I'm going to use my fists. I don't know what his plan was. He had no weapons. So exactly. But for a brief moment, she like can do a cool, like, fucking karate kick and like beat zombies up pretty well just even without the chainsaw being live but then that's not useful again later uh yeah this woman who is like no muscle on her whatsoever all of a sudden can just like power slam zombies the the chainsaw made sense to me because i'm like good she has a weapon that doesn't actually require strength to use like she just has to be able to lift it up Awesome. But then she also does karate moves that like in like blowing people's eyes out of the back of their head. Or I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> like, where is this coming from? 
And you know what? I would be down for it if the movie was stylized like that, where the, everybody is just doing shit like that. Yeah, like kind of like in what's it called in the fucking what's that Simon Pegg movie at World's End? At World's End, yeah, yeah, where, where like oh no, at World's End is Pirates of the Caribbean. World's End is Simon Pegg. <laughs> also, but, at World's End, the Pirate of the Caribbean movie, everyone's good at fighting. Yeah, yeah. There's a wedding in that. Oh, there you go. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, don't get, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Episode fifty-seven. Yeah, exactly. Episode sixty-nine. Um. What's <laughs> stop it? Uh, so in in uh, in World's End, they they do have that moment where it's like, oh, there's like weird zombie things everywhere. What are we gonna do? And then they all just become fucking uh, power slamming superheroes, and it's a fun turn. It's a it's a fun moment. Uh, but that does not happen here. If it no, does, I, it happens for I about five seconds, and then it doesn't come back. Right. So the armor clad groom goes back to the kitchen, sees a tone who is dead he slit his wrist before he could be infected which it's very dark yeah dark but again smart move like he's like i'm I'd, rather than getting like torn apart i'm just gonna slit my wrists and like take not my i'm gonna zombie. take myself out yeah, yeah that way i'm not a risk to anybody else and i don't die in a horrific he way should have been I mean, in the movie longer he should have been in the movie longer. he honestly should have been i again so many of these characters are badasses for a second and then they only leave behind worse characters yeah i mean like i immediately loved him as the camera guy who's working with the other camera guy and he's cool and he's smart and like they should have kept him in a little bit longer but he sees yeah. a tune then he sees the uncle again for some reason and the uncle's like a zombie but he's like smiling about being a zombie for some reason he's like super into it and he's like Ehh. like i'm he's like happy you. that he's turned to yeah this and this demon. is where we see the sword like 20 times in different parts of the shot because it's just hanging out there in the kitchen still attached to the wedding cake that it was used on but he doesn't grab it to defend himself from his uncle no not at all and they keep on implying that's what's that's what's coming it's like in the foreground yeah like carefully in the background it like looks like he's gonna grab it he uses like a um what, like immersion blender to kill his <laughs> uncle not very good tool to use and honestly the way he killed his uncle doesn't even make sense according to the rules of this movie he just like tears up his mouth yeah they don't need a mouth to be a zombie it's apparently other zombies have their mouths all torn up too, and they're totally fine. <laughs> Whatever. But he, that's how he beats his uncle. And again, showing that sword, he doesn't grab it, constantly doesn't grab it. And it is <laughs> mine, it is so frustrating. I cannot stress to you the many moments he does not grab this sword. They do it so much that it, it just feels like this, again, it feels like a joke. Also, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, that cake, not really eaten. Now, there's like several hundred people at this wedding, and not that many people are touching the cake. I think that's a sign. Like, I think that's a sign that you got a bad cake. And I think that you should have thought about it more. Like, you probably, they probably looked at the aesthetics of the cake and were like, this is a traditional wedding cake. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. They didn't think about how it tasted. And I think that people were disappointed. I wonder what the wedding cake at this wedding is going to be. Like, have they considered it? Do they know what they're doing? You know? They know what they're doing for sure. I can't imagine they don't. I mean, but are, is it going to be yellow cake? Is it Italian cream cake? Is it chocolate Italian cream cake? What's the deal? Is it I don't know. Chocolate? Are they going for something less traditional? Who knows? God. But again, I think that prioritizing taste, I think a good strategy, I mean, this is like a strategy if you have like more money to spend, a good strategy is having an aesthetic cake for the photos and stuff, but then also mm -hmm. like a practically good tasting cake to actually... Yeah dole out is it going to be a tiered cake i mean is that a little bit too traditional for them a lot of things to to consider i'm sure yeah all i know though is in rec 3 genesis that wedding cake not good self-evident that party's been going cake. on for hours and not many people have had that cake and i think that that like is a sign it's a sign that he made a mistake we need to make note of every single cake that we see from here on out in this in this series is it a good cake yeah is that a good look cake? like a good cake good presentation 
Maybe not. Maybe not. I think the presentation was fine. Super traditional. Didn't taste good. We know sword that sword was very theatrical. You know, theatrical. Sure good, I like the sword. It's a good moment for for the guests again. Again, actually, this is a great wedding. Up to that point, That's yeah. Great reception. People are hooking up. People are cutting cutting up swords, uh, cakes with swords. Good dance party. Uh, open bar. Fantastic. Drinks all around. When people arrive at the reception, there are drinks and appetizers served immediately. Good move. People are probably hungry from the ceremony. Yeah. So that's a good move all, all around. Also, virgin pina coladas, because, again, they don't want you to get started too early. You know? Mm, yeah. Well, uh, that, that detail I thought was interesting. Maybe they were just covering their bases with, like, the children around. Maybe. But I uh, I think champagne, probably, when you first arrive at the ceremony or at the uh, reception. There was probably champagne available, but then they had the little mini virgin pina coladas. Yeah, that's uh, true. Whoever was the wedding planner for this uh, for this wedding, good job. Good job. Yeah, you're yeah. you killing it. Again, other than the cake, which I think was a dropped ball. <laughs> I, again, I hate to keep coming back to this cake, but we just know by the fact that very few people ate it. You know what I think? That's, that was probably the wedding planner's one area where they just let the bride and groom do what they wanted. It's like, I'll let you do that. Okay, like you, you go ahead and do the cake. And it wasn't up to them. If this was J-Lo, she would never let it slide. But any wedding planner lesser than J-Lo, I think, would go, it's your choice in the end, and let them have that choice. Yeah. I think J-Lo would have stuck to her guns and would have, like, really pushed. This cake needs to taste good and looked good, like, at the same time. Um, but I think they probably let that slide. Thankfully, she didn't. I assume she didn't live to regret it. I don't know. Maybe she's one of the few survivors. Who knows? I hope she survived. I hope the wedding planner survived. She deserves <laughs> I hope it. she survived and she wish she did it because of that cake. It's like, I survived, but that fucking cake still. <laughs> it's important to note right now, by the way, that the group of people in that small church that they were like, we're going to lead an organization, like an or- organized group to, to get onto the buses to escape. He saw footage, like security footage of the bus loading dock and the zombies get onto that bus where everybody is and just everyone dies. They eat like eight children. You see like eight different children get onto the bus. Yeah. 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 So every, everybody that we do up until this point has been killed except for the bride and groom. The likelihood of survivors is very low other than the two of them. You could have just and, hung out in the church, but then again, how long could you do that? You know? So here's another part of this movie that annoys the shit out of me. Underneath the ground. Also, cover yourself in holy water. Sorry, side point here. If you know for sure that the holy water is <laughs> damaging these things. Get priest to make more holy water. He's there. At, at the very end of this movie, they're outside and it's like rain. Or like not at the end. It, like midway through this movie, they're like outside with the zombies and it's raining. And my only thought, and they've established at this point that this is a religious thing. My only thought was like, get that priest to bless the clouds. And then we have holy water rain. <laughs> holy water it's rain, raining motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but these guys, they don't know. They, they don't, don't know. know. Oh, God. So uneducated. So she, the bride, has now fought in this, like, tunnel where Rafa died, and it's directly underneath the kitchen where the uh, groom is. And they see each other through this grate, and, like, she's like, okay, I'm gonna... They, first of all, they have a reunion moment where they, like, she climbs the ladder, and like, they hold hands, and there's this, like, lovely reunion. And the whole time I was like, stop. Stop what you're doing. You, Neither of you are safe. <laughs> neither of you are safe. And this reunion that doesn't matter nothing. because they love each other, Chris. I, this Where's is so heart? annoying. Where's your heart? My heart is in survival. I'm like, if I really love this person, we need to survive together. There's no time for yeah. like... Shut the fuck up. Go get that screwdriver that's on the ground. Don't even come up here first. Get the screwdriver first. In fact, literally, if they had saved that reunion moment till after they got the screwdriver and opened the grate, there wouldn't have been a rush. The fact that they took like two minutes to like be lovey-dovey literally meant that now there's a ticking clock that the zombies might get her. So, uh, right. And here's what's annoying. 
She grabs the, the screwdriver. She's fighting the zombies that are climbing the ladder behind her. He unscrews the grate just in time and pulls her up. Zombies are climbing this ladder trying to eat her. After he pulls her through the grate, they have another holding, kissing, I love you, the music is swelling, reunion moment. And the whole time I'm like, I guess they forgot the zombies existed. The zombies existed. They're on the ladder, which by the way, I'm just like, they can climb ladders apparently. They're, they're, yeah. they're like coordinated enough to climb ladders. They're still there. The grate's still open. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter, because I guess the zombies also forgot what the fuck they were doing, and they were like, oh, I guess that woman climbed to the top of the ladder, game over for us, fellas, and they all just, like, went about their business. To the movie's credit, they immediately get swarmed by zombies, like, immediately, from from every angle. But they, they shouldn't have immediately gotten swarmed after that reunion moment, they should have still been running from the zombies that were below her, that were coming, yeah. like, the movie yeah. just says, ignore that. And by the way, not to the movie's credit, because they get surrounded... And then the zombies that are these, like, hyper-fast predator-like beings, again, resort to, like, this lumbering, slow zombies. Maybe they know it's over, and they're like, we could just take our time. I'm fucking tired from running around everywhere. I'm a zombie. I guess, for some reason. Like, <laughs> like we know who the main characters of this movie are, so now that we got you guys cornered, game's over. You know, like, we've won. Game over, man. Uh, the priest saves the day. Not really, but I guess he saves himself. He's going to be fine. Apparently, he's he's going to make it. Because over the PA system, which he's gone back to the PA nerve center of the, of the uh, estate, and he just starts reading Bible verse, presumably for hours. And that he re- says it over the PA system that apparently covers all the grounds, and then all the zombies are just petrified. Like, they can't move. They're disabled. And so then the uh, bride and groom walk their way their way uh, out of there. I think he grabs the sword at this point. He just finally grabbed the sword. Yep. And uh, I'm like, okay, I guess he's going to start using it. She, by the way, ditches her chainsaw, which I was like, dumb move. That's the best weapon in this fucking movie. Well, she, like, I think they established that it runs out of gas. I don't know. They, they don't even say it. They don't say it explicitly, but it must have. I mean, like. There's like a thing where it. like steam just erupts from it, which means, of course, that an, an item is out of gas. That's what happens to my car all the time. The steam yeah. just comes out. Steam billows out of the back and you're like, oh, man, no more gas. <laughs> yeah. So they, they escape. They like wander through these zombies um, that are immobilized. Again, they're being kind of too lax for me where I'm like, you don't, why do you think you have all the time in the world? This could stop working at any moment. They're still walking. Yeah. They need to be at least like jogging. Yeah. Jogging that you're tired or whatever, but um, you need to be running. So really avoiding the zombies too. They're barely avoiding them. They like walk up to them and stare at their fucking faces. And like, no, 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 no. Walk all the way around. Don't don't get in. Okay, they're still shocked by the fact that there's a zombie outbreak happening. <laughs> I'm like, at some point, like, your fight or flight kicked in, and it looks like your fight kicked in. Why are you still shocked by this shit? Like, get out of there. <laughs> like, So the priest is just, imagine the priest just saying things this whole time in the background, even though the audio cuts out and you don't hear him anymore at multiple points from the from here on out for some reason so they're they're walking when they should be running and then oh no a zombie comes up and bites uh the fucking bride on the hand and it's the grandpa who had a hearing aid in so he couldn't hear the bible verse evidently the power of prayer bomb zombies with their ears cut offs it, it with who are deaf apparently they're free game apparently they they're, they they're still they still got a couple moves left in them so anyway they kill that zombie and then it's like oh no the bride got bit. It's fucking over. But they established with Rafa earlier when she does cuts off uh, Rafa's head with the chainsaw that you can visually see the infection spread, which for some reason no one saw that up to this point. But you can see the infection spread from the bite. And so the bride, in a smart move by her, is like she puts her hand, her entire arm like on a slab and she's just like, cut it off. Do it. Do it right now. 
um, which is a good move. Yeah. But you know what's not a good move is the fucking groom waiting an, an extra 50 seconds to cut off her arm as he's literally seen it travel up her arm and sees it reaching her eyeballs. He event because he, he's just like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, oh man, um, <sighs> I get that it's that would be difficult. It's true. Maybe I would have two seconds of hesitation, but you know what? This is the love of my life. I'm cutting off their arm. I'm also cutting- not at that point. No, I, I wouldn't have any hesitation at that point because <laughs> like, it's, my options are this: yes. either she turns into a, a zombie killer and I lose her and my child, or I dismember, like I cut off her arm. And I save her. Even if I don't save her, even if it doesn't work, that's my only option here. I'm. I would be so shocked by the situation that we're in at this point. I would still have two. Se- literally two seconds. I, I. I need two seconds to do this. Two he seconds. Takes, fine. He takes fifty two seconds. He takes yeah. fifty seconds to to contemplate this. All the while, it's just going right up her arm. I'm just like, dude. She, she's gonna. At first, she's losing a hand. Now she's losing a forearm. Now she's losing her entire arm. This is getting worse and worse by the second. He does cut it off. Um, and then she's like, good job, honey. And it's, it's intense. And for a moment, I'm just like, thank God. Thank God you made the right thing. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, you should have done Finally. it a lot earlier. She, she may have, yeah, she could have had a prosthetic, but you fucked it up. Um, they keep walking and they reach the end of the quarantine zone, I guess. And there's plastic everywhere, but guess the fuck what? The bride is still zombie-ing. She's like the infection. You can see it in her eyes. You shouldn't have waited uh, two minutes to cut off her cut off her arm. Well, okay. So here's the point where I don't know if the rules make sense because if it's an infection, it, it must be spread through liquid transmission, right? That's what happens with bites that you're like spreading. You bite somebody so you're putting whatever your stuff into mm. the other person's body. Fluids. They have like blood splattered all over their faces, their mouths, their yes. eyes. Like they would be infected anyway at this point. Like mm-hmm. if they just like they, they probably swallowed a good quart of blood from other people, <laughs> like they they'd be infected anyway. So I don't know if it is actually maybe we can see like a visual version of the infection, but I think the spiritual element of this movie throws a wrench into that. Where like I think she was screwed regardless of the hand. I think she was screwed because he waited too long. Because you do see it in her eyes while it's going up her hand. You see it like come into her eyes. Right, right. What I'm saying though is I think that once the transmission starts, it's not a physical thing anymore. It's some weird religious thing because otherwise they would all be infected regardless because of all the the fluid transmission between the infected people. I think he just took too long. I think it's his fault. And so, I mean, I'm willing to blame this guy anyway. I don't yes, care. This guy 100%, sucks. 100%. Like, so, he sucks for two reasons, too, because like he just sucks throughout this movie and that moment with his bride. And then he sucks at the end because they're like, don't come out of the quarantine zone. And like he grabs her. He's like, I don't care that you're he doesn't say this, but he basically says, like, I don't care that you're infected. I'm going to carry you across the threshold. And he brings her out of the quarantine zone knowing she's infected. Yes. They're met by a SWAT team. And he kisses her and then she bites out his tongue viciously and they get and they go out in a hail of gunfire by a SWAT team and die. Here's oh my god, so many wrong things. Okay, if I if I love someone more than life itself, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, I'm begging them and telling them to fucking kill me and get the fuck out of here. Do not die with me. I you're literally yeah. the most imperson, important person I've ever known. Live. Holy shit, live. I, like I'm about to become a zombie get out of here i don't give a shit like go away that's it but the bride doesn't say any of that 
and the groom doesn't reason any of that, and so he he takes her with her for. No he doesn't. Even, she doesn't even try to push him away. Like that's such a toxic like marriage that they are creating. Mm-hmm. Where like again, literally, it's like I can't physically live without you, so we're gonna die together. But also, why did he grab her and bring her across that threshold? I know that like it was. If a you're gonna die moment. together, just die together on this side of the threshold. Yeah, he was literally like, "Fuck the world!" Like, I'm, I'm risk, I'm risking spreading this thing for no apparent reason to the rest of the world. That's what kind of drives me crazy. Like, I get the need to want to escape, but he was like, "No, I'm gonna take her with me." It wants, even if there's a remote chance that she's able to spread that, why would you take that risk? You're just dooming everybody. It's such a selfish, weird move that I'm like, I hate you. You suck. <laughs> like, I'm glad you two died. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 terrible. I I don't understand it. Um. I wish too that this movie had a happy ending. I w- I wish that like cutting off the arm worked and he took her across the across the uh, threshold, because I feel like horror movies always go the or like more often than not go the pessimistic route where everything is doomed, no one survives. Yeah. And I would love if this movie did the wedding movie trope where it's like happily ever after for the bride and groom. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I was hoping for at the moment when she like got a chainsaw. I was like, oh, these people love each other and their fucking love is going to beat the zombie apocalypse. Sure, why not? You know, like we see yeah. enough zombie movies where everybody dies all the time. Let's have the happy couple murder all the zombies and get away and minus an arm live ha- happily ever after. Sure, that inside me up. But that's not what happens, and it's dumb. Yeah, like, he cuts off her arm, and she's super weak, and he literally has to carry her across the threshold. And then, like, they're taken into, like, quarantine custody or whatever. Mm, they got a nice little shock blanket put around them, you know, all that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that would have been great. <laughs> also, by the way, just a side note with the extras in this movie. The guy, like, the the guys in the... Um, hazmat suits? Yeah, hazmat guys. A bunch of them are, like, circling these two infected people and all, like, individually, like, detecting the virus on them. But there's, like, five different dudes all walking really close, like, scooting by and, like, detecting <laughs> it and being like, they're infected. They're infected. They're infected. It's like, we don't need all of you to do I'm that. I'm also Everyone getting an up. infection reading on these guys. <laughs> yeah. We've got it confirmed five times. And they're, like, scooting around them and all, like, reading the infections. Hey, Ted, want to come confirm this, too? He's like, yeah, I want to confirm it. Hey, guys, keep them there for a second. I'm putting my suit on. I want to come over and confirm that virus. <laughs> They, they do it a bunch, and then finally I was like, these SWAT guys are waiting too long, but then they did just light them up, and I was like, good. <laughs> uh, don't wait till they do some stupid juke move and start biting uh, SWAT guys. Yeah, like, I, that nah. was going to be so upset if somehow these two zombies with like everybody pointing guns at them get all the SWAT guys infected. I'm like, oh my God, please no. be craziness. Okay, so that's the whole movie. My only question for you is... How do you survive wedding zombie apocalypse? What are the moves you would make in this scenario to help you survive? Because there's a couple clear moments where they fuck up big time, uh-huh. and I think I would do better. So immediately when we get to this wedding, Chris, we're going to need to make note of potential weapons. Right. And weapon systems. Sword out of the gate. That was Swords, a big sword. Any like pieces of armor, decorative pieces of armor that are just at that place that we're going to be at. Um, bodies of water to to make use of ladders, hidden hidden pathways, things yeah. to to bar doors. Um, besides that, get into a goddamn car. Like, why didn't they just circle around and get into that police car? There's probably not a zombie in there anymore. Just get in that car and go, or pull the guy out of it. I think that they be more careful when you when you approach people because you don't know if they're infected or not. Also, if you're in the kitchen like they are in the beginning of this movie, or the beginning of the, the outbreak. Kitchens have so many tools at your disposal. There are like 
tablecloths you can start you have to close like wrap all your arms and your legs like make sure you have no exposed skin because you want to like limit the amount that people can tear into you knives upon knives are in kitchens knives blunt objects and tools even rolling pins for christ's sake i do like in this movie how oftentimes if there's a weapon available a character will grab it like the pool cue Mm -hmm. like they'll grab it instinctively and i think that's good character in the whole fucking movie is the priest and guess what he's probably alive at the end he is, yeah. Well, I I bet you. I mean, the fourth movie is called Apocalypse, so things go south. Oh. But I bet you that the government probably just kills that guy. <laughs> if the government's anything to be like similar to the one in the first movie, they're just gonna probably run it like waltz in there and just light everybody up, you know, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. I think they even imply that at the end where they're like breaching. You see like some weird. Oh like, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Radio it's transmission. The only way like, to be sure. They're like clean and easy. They say at one point, and I'm like, yeah, you guys have guns. <laughs> like, no shit. Kitchen, a lot of good tools there. Wrap your body, and then try to get as far away as fast as possible. Like they almost had the right idea with the vent, and like if you got in the car, you just take off. You know? Yeah, because the main zombie horde is the people you are immediately around. They're all gonna turn in some way or another because they're gonna get murdered, and they will become zombies as well. So just make a beeline in any direction. In zombie movies, though, I will never blame the first few people that make contact. Mm-hmm. I think in like apocalypse and movies in general, when the apocalypse first starts up or like the big disaster first starts up, the truth is that like most people are gonna die through weird coincidences. Like most people are gonna die in traffic accidents. Do you know what I mean? Like people not right. paying attention, cars slamming into each other. You might just die in a random car wreck at the beginning of a disaster movie. I think the same thing with zombie movies where it's like, if you're the first person that's in contact with a zombie, you're just dead. <laughs> like if, if, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody that looks like a zombie, where they start acting weird or they got blood on their face or whatever, your first instinct isn't let's headshot that guy. <laughs> like you'd be, you would have, have to be so sure that the person you're about to kill is an actual zombie that you were willing to make that most people would just be like, we got to help that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's what they did. They were like, we got to go help uncle so-and-so. And then they got close and got bitten in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that first woman was like, she was trying to help that guy. He like fell off a balcony. Like she's not at fault at all. She's just random casualty. The first few people that die, they were just always doomed. But if you're like 10, 15 kills in like in this hour into a zombie movie, you should probably wise up. At this point, nobody would blame you for being like everyone's killing everybody. Well, apparently what we need to do so that way we don't like have delusions of grandeur about I got to go find Chris. It's just let's just have a rally point. We just let's just have a pre-established rally point at this wedding. If anything goes south for any reason, we're going to meet here. If if we're in the vicinity of each other, like if we can see each other, that's the only time where it's like now we got to help each other to survive. If we're not even in the same route, like, I, I, yeah, meet at a rally point. They get away from the property, get away from the people. You don't want to, like, you don't want to go searching for your buddy because that's just <laughs> death. That's death. But if we're, like, in the same room, it's, like, the perception, everything's going wild. That's when we're, like, we got to go back to back and we got to, like, back to back. <laughs> exactly. I think this this wedding party has probably got the the most solid amount. Like, this, this wedding is full of people that I think would all be on the same page. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody immediately starts armoring up. Everybody just gets weapons of any type that they can, barricading doors. I could think of plenty of weddings, like even weddings I've been to, where I'm like, everyone here, it's going to be a nightmare trying to convince everybody of what to do. Like, people are doomed. But this <laughs> this wedding, it's like, no, we, we have it on lock. I, I have more confidence than ever before. I would like, okay, I'm giving away a movie idea here, a movie where it's every normal people just in a normal situation, like a wedding or something like this. 
and a zombie apocalypse breaks out and everybody's just immediately on board. Like everybody's just an immediate like fucking ideas guy. Like I'm already boarding up the windows. Here's a couple makeshift weapons. Uh, the ocean's that way. Let's go. And then was like, yeah, let's go. They don't even have a gun. They just go, <laughs> Everyone just brought guns. Uh, I honestly, I, I, I like movies like that more where characters fail because the odds are so stacked against them rather than through stupidity right. or like inaction. I like it much better when it's like, no, we, we did everything right, but the thing that we're trying to like fight up against is just so much better than us. That's so much more fun and interesting. And I thought this movie was going to be like that because the characters started acting like that really quickly mm-hmm. and then completely like all the good characters that were like that started dying immediately. That's right. And it was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to be stuck with this bride and groom that are just incapable of survival. Rip in peace, uh, a tune and royalties. I got I got nothing else to say about this movie. Do you have anything else? Nope. Don't recommend it. And again, oh, yeah, I don't recommend it either. Don't recommend the movie. And uh, when you go to your weddings, uh, everybody out there, think of potential weapons to use and find the camera guy because he's going to probably be the smartest. Yeah, and say, and stay smart, and also don't don't uh, don't film the wedding yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's the other thing is apparently when we go to this wedding, we both need to have handheld cameras that we just have on the whole time. Oh yeah, just filming constantly. Don't do that. That's yeah, so terrible. Not even phones, just handheld cameras. FYI to everybody, wedding tip here: the professional wedding photos are going to be so much better than anything you can snap. Keep your phones and your fo- like <laughs> cameras out of the photos. If everyone's just like paying attention, the photos look so much better. Just they're gonna you're gonna see those wedding photos and you're gonna love them. Just let the professionals handle it. And if there's a zombie outbreak, you're gonna be so much happier that those photos didn't have your little phones in them. <laughs> All right, so uh, Joshua, just checking in here. Are you married? You know, for a minute I thought I was, but yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I'm not married either.